Welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again with my wonderful wife, Natasha Mason. Hello, handsome husband, Brad. And there she is. An, oh, handsome husband. Who are you talking to? Is there another Brad in the room? There must be another Brad here. So we are back again for another episode. We're glad that you're with us on The Abnormal Christian. We, uh, we hope you uh, like what we're doing. Uh, if you don't like what we're doing, why are you still listening? I haven't figured that out yet. So uh, we want to uh, let you know ahead of time, if you want to reach us, you can reach us at theabnormalchristian at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Uh, Just search The Abnormal Christian. Yes, and uh, you can actually Google The Abnormal Christian, and it will give you uh, the Google search will return the podcast page and I believe the Facebook page as well. So um, it's actually the longer we do this and the more people listen, the easier it is for Google and these other search engines to find the podcast, which is pretty cool. Um, you can also... Um, Go on YouTube and listen there as well. It gives you the option to share the audio. It's no video there, but it's just audio. Um, you could share that with your friends on your own Facebook page, or you're you know you just tell everybody, hey, listen to these people in uh, North Carolina, and they seem to be rather bizarre. So uh, we really, you know, I don't want to say we wear that as a badge of honor, but we kind of do. How bizarre? Um, yeah, we like to you know we like to be abnormal, right? So that's the whole name of the podcast. That's what we're kind of about. So today's episode, we're going to be looking at a uh, verse in the book of Romans that we just kind of were talking about and want to kind of go over. So I'll read the verse, or um, if you want to pull well, it up, you, you can read it. You tell me what um, verse let it you was. know now. So uh, look up Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And uh, we, two. yeah, while, while you do that, we do use the King James Version of the Bible. Um, there are plenty of other versions out there. I couldn't tell you how many. It's probably in the hundreds. Uh, but I grew up on the King James Version of the Bible. It's the one that I memorized, the one that I love. It's just, uh, I think it's for me, it's been easier to memorize than anything else. And it's probably because of the Old English. And I know a lot of people don't like the these and thous, but I understand clearly who that is. Uh, it's never been a confusion for me. So I really enjoy it. Um, so anyway, we're going to read this verse, and then we'll do a little discussion um, based on this verse. Go ahead. Romans 12, 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Yeah, so the perfect will of God, and uh, the perfect will of God that we prove out is done by not being conformed to the world. And so generally, um, and that's probably going to be the title of this episode is... Uh, I'm not conforming. I'll just say that because that's, I like that. Non-conforming. I won't conform. Uh, so really when we talk about conformity, I think we in our society and in our culture, we take conformity to mean um, trying to fit in, trying to blend in, taking Go on. Go along to get along. Right. Taking on the appearance of something, um, even if you disagree with it, you're just trying to conform. You're trying to, uh, you know, you see this a lot of times with um, these social movements and protests and you got a bunch of people and they're all together and they're angry and they're shaking a sign that says I'm angry and then someone asks and says well why are you angry well, I don't know everybody else is angry so I'm angry too right so there's this there's the desire to belong to something and uh, the scripture understands that the word of God knows that we have a desire to want to be a part of something more um, because I think honestly in my life um, 
for me, I think a lot of times the alone times are great, but it's nice knowing that you belong to a family. It's nice knowing that I have children that love me. It's nice knowing that I have a wife who cares. It's it's nice to be able to come home to your family and know that, um, for the most part, they don't despise you being there. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's that it's that that wanting to belong to something, and uh, and the Word of God makes it so that when we become believers in Christ, that our conformity is. Um, headed up by the Holy Spirit. So we are conforming to the will of God. We're conforming to the body of Christ. We're supposed to be conforming to the purpose of God so that we can show the perfect will of God, which is uh, that good and acceptable, right? So it's doing that good and acceptable things. And the good and acceptable, I, I watched a video yesterday and this guy was talking about what's good and what's not good. And he was an atheist and he says, hey, I want to do good. I want to try to be good. And I'm like, who are you trying it for? Why you want to be good? I mean, it's a, it's a desire even somebody who doesn't believe in God might have that the majority of people think that they're good and they want to be good and they want to do good. And so they try to conform to a standard that is set for them. Um, Natasha and I have recently gotten into landscape photography. We're just, we're uh, at the beginning. You know. We're babies. Right. We're at the beginning of this. I used to take pictures when I was growing up. I've always loved photography. And uh, it's something that we can mutually do together. We enjoy doing it together. Um, I prefer doing it when you're there. It's it's I don't, Going out and taking pictures by myself is not that much fun. But doing it with her is always much better. So uh, long story short there is that um, you know, when you get the picture, right? So we've noticed that, uh, we started taking pictures and, and the first thing I said to her is I really want to like take a picture that represents this place that we're, we're shooting a picture of. I want to, I want to represent that if someone else comes up, they're going to see exactly what they see in this picture. And, and it's going to look like this, a representation of this location. And then the further you get into it and the more you start watching videos and you start studying about photography, uh, everything is manipulated. Everything is... And it's not so much the photography. I mean, that's a part of it and the composition and certain things, but a lot of it is after the fact in the editing and what you desire the picture to look like. Right. And so that's one thing I learned because I've always, uh, you know, I grew up with magazines. Um, I think when I lived in Arizona, there was a Arizona highways. It was a magazine and it had all these places in, in Arizona, the desert and the mountains and all these beautiful, beautiful pictures of places you could go and visit. And when I was a kid, I remember looking at that magazine. I thought, this is amazing. I live here. This is a, you know, and so now as an adult, I see these, uh, fabulous pictures. Uh, we watch videos of this one gentleman on YouTube. He's got some of the best pictures I've ever seen. Love his photography, but it is, if you go to where he took that photograph, it's never going to look like that. Right. So he's taking this, this, uh, this image of what he sees and he's turning it into something else. And so he's conforming his images to the idea that's in his mind. Now, a lot of people are going to say, you know, that does, should that even matter? And I don't know if it does or not, because it's, it's an artistic thing, right? It's, you could look at his editing uh, as his paintbrushes. You wouldn't expect an artist to paint. Um, some of the greatest paintings in the world are ones that are not accurate to detail. They don't actually look like the people, right? So there's, there's all that artistic interpretation. But when it comes to conforming to the world, we're not, as Christians, we're supposed to be putting on that righteousness of God. We're supposed to say, this is the, I'm made in the image of Christ. He now dwells inside of me. And so I'm going to apply the, um, the fruits of the spirit. I'm going to apply those colors to my life. I'm going to apply that palette to who I am. And I'm going to let people see me differently 
than what they used to see. And this is interesting because I think as a believer, uh, you're going to have friends who knew you before you got saved, right? Maybe. Um, and they're going to, if you're, say you get saved later in life um, and they knew you before you got saved, they're going to remember how you used to look. They're going to remember what you used to do. They're going to remember the old image of who you were and not the image that's made in the likeness of Christ. You know, this, um, this vessel that is being formed and molded um, uh, by the maker, they're, they're going to remember that old image. And when they see the new, they're going to say, eh, there's something weird about this guy. There's something really weird going on in this girl's life. I don't know what it is. And so the scripture is talking about, well, that's not who I remember. Correct. And so when we look at this Romans and I don't, I don't necessarily like to take one single verse and go a whole, you know, a whole spill on it, but this is really good opportunity to talk about conformity because we, as the corporate body of Christ, um, the congregation, the believers together, we have a certain responsibility, um, as we've talked about before, to set ourselves apart from the world. But it is a very fine line that you have to walk. Whereas if, if like the both of us, we work for companies that, you know, we don't necessarily agree with all of their um, corporate culture that they're trying to put out there. So you almost have to kind of... Um, stay silent in regards right. to it because well, you can't really come out and be correct. I don't believe in that. And that's terrible. Well, and this is, we see that. And you see this, if you're uh, listening to the podcast and you go to a local congregation, you see that even from your own pastor uh, or preacher, whoever you're listening to, because they have the opportunity to say whatever they want, whatever's on their mind, whatever the word of God says, because they're in the ministry function. They're not going to get fired from their job from preaching the word of God because their job is to preach the word of God. So then you've got people like us who, we work in a secular business culture and we're, we're given things that we, um, we're told we need to agree with that they need to be okay with us. Things that I I was told one time that, uh, here's a policy that we're going to implement and you will accept it and you will enforce this. And, you know, and it's, it's counter to what the scripture says. So what do I do? And what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to say, oh, I'm not doing that. The word of God said, you know what I'm saying? I mean, because we're going to lose, uh, we're going to lose that job or we're going to, you know, and you could say, people could say, well, you should have the faith to trust the Lord that if you lose your job, I'll give you another. I don't have a problem with that. I walk on that all the time. If, if I lose my job tomorrow, I'm going to put my hope and trust in the Lord. He's going to give me another job. It's not going away. But the simple truth is, is that the majority of com- companies in the United States, other than Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby, and Chick-fil-A is starting to fold, um, are, they have these, they have some corporate rules that you're going to have to, you know, I, I don't enforce any of them. I ain't going to lie. I don't enforce them because I don't agree with them. Um, but at the same time, I don't fight out loud and fight back against it. And they know where I stand as a Christian. Uh, most people that know me, if you, if you know me and you worked with me, you know, I, I'm very, um, I'm very happy to talk about it openly. If somebody opens their mouth and I think there's something in there that the Lord could benefit being in the middle of, I'll throw the Lord right in there. Well, I mean, you've brought home conversations that you've had at work with people that you work with and, there's not anything that says that you can't have an adult discussion with opposing viewpoints and it not lead into hurt feelings or right, right. anything like that. But I think like what, we're, what we're looking at here in the scripture in the Romans is this idea that um, 
it wouldn't say, here's the thing about the scripture. It wouldn't say don't do something if people weren't prone to doing it, right? So it's like I've said before, the Bible tells us that we need to love one another. Why do we, why does it keep telling us, why does God in his word continue to tell us that we have to love one another? Because it's hard to love people sometimes, a lot of times. Because the the base of who we are is not always going to be that uh, love reactionary. It's not going to be that moment to where I feel like, uh, yeah, they treated me wrong. I'm going to love them. You know, the flesh, the part that, that we still have to contend with is like, it wants vengeance. It's, it wants to be spiteful. It wants to be, um, uh, reprehensible. It wants to be, it wants to be ugly. It wants to come out and defend itself. Well, it's always easier to hold on to the negative aspects of things. That's why people will generally complain a lot faster and much more numerous times than they would ever say anything positive about a situation. Correct. And so I think that's why the scripture tells us continually. Um, it talks about the love of God. It talks about how we're supposed to love each other. And it talks about that brother. There's no greater love than this. Then a man lays down his life for his friend. I mean, there's so many instances where the Bible talks about love, love, love. Now it, it does the same thing with other issues. It talks about justice and mercy and grace in the same regards that we have to, I don't want to say it's this it's this continuing um, feeling of, of knowledge of Scripture in our hearts to when we don't feel this way, the Word of God says we are. You know, and it's like um, if I don't feel really uh, good about my relationship with God, there's times where I struggle. And, and you might, uh, listen, if you don't think your pastor struggles with his relationship with God sometimes, then you're really, you're really whitewashing your mind because everybody Everybody goes through low points. Everybody wants to quit. I mean, your your local pastor at your church may have been there 35 years, but there's probably been multiple occasions where that man has thought, this is not doing any good. I'm ready to quit. Now, I mean, I've had those thoughts in different things in my life where I've done for the Lord, and I'm like, I just can't do this anymore. It's not having a benefit. I don't want to keep going. It's just I don't see. I don't understand. And, uh, and maybe I never will, but maybe there's some working going on behind the scenes that I can't, you know, there's nothing I can do with. I was Reading today, uh, Coasty Hen, um, we talk about him quite a bit. He had gone to a conference over the weekend, and he said he got to preach to 5,000 people. And he said, this was great. It was wonderful to be able to preach to these 5,000-plus people. He said, but you know what the greatest thing was? Is when he was back in his office, and a man came to his door and said, so what do I have to do to be saved? Right, so he just spent all this time, you know, preaching to five thousand people, and I, he didn't say that anyone got saved from that. And he could have turned around and said, "Well, I've done all this preaching, and it hasn't done me any good." And he could have, you know, he could have said, I'm, "I just can't do this anymore. I just can't do this anymore." But then, out of nowhere, a man comes and wants to know the Lord. And so this this idea that when we are conforming to the world, the Bible wouldn't tell us not to do that if we weren't prone to do that. So how do we do that? What is it? I mean, what is it? A lot of people are going to say, you know, it is appearance. So that's the first thing you always hear um, is that the way you dress, the way you look, your haircut, your, Well, we discussed it before when we were at the Crowder concert and we were standing waiting in line to get into the venue that he was performing at. And, you know, you just, you just take a, take a second and look around. Not that I'm saying everybody needs to be in three piece suits and, and you know Sunday best, and but I, I mean, right, right. Ugh. So, but let, let, this goes back to the rest of the verse, right? So the very first part says, "And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." So the renewing part has to start where? Where does the renewing start? In your heart. I just read it. 
Oh, in your Be mind. Not, <laughs> what you're guessing there. So, yes, in your mind. So well, I was like, why would you just, ask me if you said that? You said it. So, yes, yes, it's in your mind. So we're being, you know, this renewing has to take place in our mind. And it is a thought process. It has to be a change of thoughts. Um, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, is what the word says. So it is this idea of wanting to seek after righteousness, wanting to seek after holiness, wanting to do the will of God, because these are the things that Christ wanted to do. Wanting to walk uprightly before other people, wanting to uh, shun sin away from your life, not other people. We don't need to beat people up with their sins. They know they're doing wrong. We can tell them what sin is. Yes, this and that is a sin, but they already know they're sinners. We, you know, we need to say sinners need to repent, right? But uh, we're we're putting in this mind of Christ inside of us, and when we do that, it's it's like um, you ever had a remote control car and the batteries are dying on it, right? So what happens to it when you're it's driving? Right, it starts to slow down. Slow down, right? So um, as soon as you put new batteries in it, it goes right back to racing around really fast, right? So the mind that we're having, this renewing of our mind, is through the Word of God. And as our mind is is constantly captivated upon the things of the world and the things that are going on and the materialism, um, it is slowing down. It really is. And when we start feeding it the Word of God and we start excluding our mind from the world, an interesting thing really happens. The inside begins to affect the outside. The outside, yes. The inside begins to affect the outside. This is this is something people. Uh, I heard a guy saying today. Today, I heard a guy who said he was an atheist. He said, "I'm an atheist." And the guy asked him. He said, um, "Have you been an atheist all your life?" And the guy said, "No, no. I used to be a Christian." And the guy's like, that's a really interesting transition from a Christian to an atheist. And it is because he was a Christian on the outside. He was never a Christian on the inside. So you can't, it's it's painting a broke down car. You can go and get an old car and throw a no, new coat of paint on it, but that's not going to make it any good. That doesn't mean it has a good motor in it. It doesn't mean it's going to drive for a long time. If, you know, if, if it doesn't even run, it doesn't matter if you put paint on it. And so this is what I'm, you know, we're trying to say to people is, uh, the first thing is Christians, if we come to people and tell people, well, you've got to change first before God can use you. You've got to change your exterior before God will mess with your interior. We're, we've got it backwards. That is the wrong message. If you're lost, the most important thing you need to know is you need to repent of your sins and come to the Savior. And God himself changes everything after that. It's the Holy Spirit working in someone's life. Um, you find that there, there are things in your life that you... that. Uh, even say you're continuing in sin and you're you're saved. The Bible says you're you're abusing the grace of God. Should we continue in sin so that grace may abound? God forbid. Um, but this is Romans. So uh, say you, this sin is in your life and you you're new and you have the Holy Spirit in you. Um, those two things are going to run into each other. You're going to have a conflict of conscience because the Holy Spirit of God that dwells in a person says, "What are you doing? You shouldn't be doing that. That's wrong." And what you find is you either start putting those things away and you start throwing and casting off those old chains and those old garments and you're trying to put on this new robe of righteousness and you're trying to put on the Holy Spirit and you find that the things about you start to change. You, you, you know, maybe you don't have a beard. Maybe you grow one. Maybe you don't, maybe your clothes are really tight and now you feel really uncomfortable walking around like that. Maybe you show a lot of skin and you think, man, that's really not 
I don't want people looking at me like, yeah, I mean, there's a change of thought process that goes along with this. Maybe you drink a lot of alcohol and suddenly you just feel, yeah, I got to put that down. That is very worldly. And that's something that is not, shouldn't be a part of who I am. I'm a new person in, in Christ. And, and he starts peeling back your, you know, your vision. He starts taking those things out and you start seeing that sin that's in your life. And then the exterior and the behaviors start to change. Um, it's a wrong notion and a wrong idea when anyone ever tells someone um, you've got to change first. And that's typically, uh, I, honestly, I don't really hear a lot of preachers ever say that. They never say, change who you are first, then come to God. Generally, what you hear is the Lord wants you to come as you are. You know, come on down here, come as you are, and let the Father dwell in you and let him touch your life and let him change you. And when he does that, this is the great thing about conforming, be ye not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, you start putting that things in into your mind. You start putting the word of God into your mind. You start putting the word of God into your life. And the Lord starts to conform you to himself. Um, and we talk about this through, you know, do I need to do good works? We're going to produce good works. That should be, it's the same as breathing. When I wake up in the morning, I don't say, should I breathe today? No, I wake up breathing. So as a believer, we should be just doing good works. It should be a part of our nature because of who lives in us. Now, there are times me and Natasha have talked about it, and we still look for the good things to do. Because that's an awesome thing to have the opportunity when you see good to do it and you can do it. You know, it's like, oh, man, I want to help that person. They don't want to help them. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's it's that because we're conforming to Christ. Um, his examples were to go to the the poor and were to go to the weak and were to go to the sick and were to go to the the people who were disabled. And to go. that's who he went to. He didn't go sit with the kings. He didn't go sit with the rich men. He didn't go sit with the people who were uh, highly esteemed. You know, we think in our lives. Lives that the uh, Hollywood, uh, they like to call themselves stars, right? There's all these movie stars, star, star, star. Do you not think there was anyone famous in those days? I'm sure there was somebody yeah. famous. There was somebody. There was somebody wealthy in Jerusalem. There was somebody rich, whether it was the king or whether it was a servant or whether it was you know a governor, a regional commander, something like that. There were popular people back then. There were people that everyone knew about. This man over here is wealthy, and he owns all these fields, and he owns all these, and people could be in adoration of that, right? But we, in the world that we live in, we don't, we're in adoration of Christ. And so all these things are subject. The Bible talks about the earth being God's footstool. It's where he props his feet up. You know, it's great. It's a great idea. And so this conformity should be unto Christ. And, let, you know, if you have things in your life that you're working through and you don't know where you should be and you don't know what you should be doing and you don't know what your uh, behaviors and actions should be, always sub submit them and subject them to the Word of God. And that's going to help us figure that out. It's going to help you figure out where your life should be. And, you know, as far as conforming to the week, we talk about... Um, uh, technology in the world. Do we use that to reach others? And we're going to have to use the means that is necessary and able. Uh, the podcast is a great example of that. Probably 20 years ago, you had had to be on the radio to do this. And God has given us the opportunity to spread this. So it's, you know, there's some things we're going to have to use, but that doesn't mean that we're going to conform to the world. So really that's just one to look at this, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse two. Okay. Verse two, um, go back in there and look at it yourself, read through it, really, uh, think about that conforming aspect and what it means to conform to Christ himself. He is in us. He dwells in us. He should be living through us. And therefore everything about us should be conforming to the will of God so that they can see the perfect will of God, which is for us to be saved and to be believers and to have that life in us. 
Uh, outside of that, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, you could check us out uh, this week. We're going to be going through Romans chapter 9, uh, the second half of chapter 9. Uh, we're going to be uh, doing continuing on with our study of, of the book of Romans, the Acts of the Ep- Romans. I'm sorry, the book of Acts. I don't know why I keep saying Romans. We're going through. Because you're itching to get to that yes. first chapter. And we're, we're continuing on with our study of the Acts of the Apostles, Acts chapter 9. Um, so check that out this week. You can still reach us at theabnormalchristian at gmail.com, or you can find us on social media. We appreciate you listening, and we hope that God continues to bless you wherever you are in the world today. Bye.